So all the county boards will get dosh, right? And when you whittle it down then to every single GA club from JP McManus, the Irish Times this morning is saying that it works out um, as uh, thousands of Gaelic games clubs around Ireland will receive anywhere between, depending on the size of the county, the amount of clubs and all that kind of stuff, anywhere between over two and a half grand and 30 grand to each and individual clubs. Now, this to be divided fairly then between all of the male and female uh, clubs themselves, the GAA, the LGFA, Camogie organisation. So the Tycoon JP makes all of the papers this morning, front of the Irish Times, the Red Tops love it. Tycoon JP McManus donating a million euro to every GAA county board in Ireland. It's emerged. I say other sporting codes must feel very left out, but maybe GA is JP's thing. So um, the papers this morning say uh, that uh, JP's Christmas gift this year, dwarf the 3 million euro that he gave in 2018 by all accounts which saw him fork out 100 grand to every county board it's gone from 100 grand to a million but it must be divided equally between all codes within the GA however slightly grinchy at Christmas time some people are critical of it and I see in the papers this morning and jump in if you want there Quivine uh, the Social Democrat TD Jennifer Whitmore suggesting that it would be an awful lot <laughs> An awful lot better if J.P. McMahon has paid his taxes in Ireland. Yeah, I think the Jed, guy can't win. No, he can't. I, I think Jed Nash said something along the lines of uh, this particular Santi is a tax resident in Switzerland. So as much as I love <laughs> no to see laws my own have been broken, club, lads. No, not at all. I think, <laughs> I think personally though, and the, obviously people would know would know that nobody would know that obviously I'm very much from a soccer background. And you're odd, so are you? Well. Cork City want to make Why wouldn't they want it? Like, and they see it floating around in the atmosphere. Well, I suppose the thing is, when you see the state of some of the grounds that we have to go to week in, week out, and you look at the likes of the TUS Gaelic grounds or Parky Cueve, which is a magnificent, magnificent stadium, they're all paid for by, you know, government money. And, like, it's just very... Like, it's J.P. McManus's money to do with whatever he likes. But... Is it the case that the guy has plenty of money anyway? Well, and uh, all of the county boards are wealthy. Uh, well, I think the guy does really well in, in, in redistributing his money, much better so than the FAI does. So I completely understand that. But when you go to the likes of the market, constantly are brawled in controversy always. about wages and junkets and jollies. But that doesn't mean there aren't lots of brilliant people that work across football. So it, it's not to say that if you give your, you know, you know like when I see like Jackman Park or Markets Field in Limerick and I compare it to the Gaelic grounds and then I see Limerick G are going to get another million euros and like you hear about teams I think Galway were the first team to have paid over a million euros to to um, prepare their teams for the championship now I'm open to correction on that but it was around that they broke a, a record in terms of how much they pay Some it might have been 100,000 yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. but like like obviously there isn't much money in the League of Ireland as there is but particularly when it comes to facilities and facilities for soccer in but this is, country is J.P. McManus a huge Gav fan? Well, he's a massive he's, he's very supportive hurling of the Hurling or football? Uh, he seems to be more hurling because okay. you look at the Limerick hurlers but okay. he, obviously this million so, euro will go to counties that have no interest okay, in hurling okay. Actually I do know of a county board and a club not a county board but a club a GA club I won't mention who they are uh, who are so, so short of, of players uh, and so desperate to win a particular match that they flew a player back from, the, from America mm. Flew a pair player from the US and they still lost. <laughs> but but anyway, would, who would the who would the soccer fraternity tap up then? Who would they tap up? It's, Roy Keane? It, no, Keane has no interest. Well, it's not that he has no interest, but like he certainly wouldn't be putting money there. Like when you look at even Cork City, 
let's say for example they're owned currently by uh, Dermot Usher Dermot's from Kildare who has no real affinity to Cork and the reason why somebody like Dermot Usher has taken over Cork City is because there's nobody really in Cork who's willing to put the money there yeah. like Brian Lennox did it years ago and did a fantastic job of it and then we had a couple of different people who had less successful time of it let's go to say say no more about that yeah. but it, it's kind of sad like I understand that people look at clubs like you know like Cork City and say well they're only going to you're only going to waste the money anyway but when you look at a club like Cork City they're paying full time wages to their players oh, I know. they don't and, get and, to be treated it's a different landscape know, so I even know, if that money was ring fenced for just facilities like we had that thing in Glanmire that we were trying to get over the line for so long as the development centre for soccer in this country and like you look at the national I team how many players are coming from Cork like Adamida you know the Cheetos the Ogbenes the John Egan's the Alan Browns I have to t- I all these that, guys I have you know? to tell you at the end of the day it's GAA football and hurling they're the national games they are, but I would say soccer is far and away the biggest participation sport in this country. The right, most amount of it. people play soccer. So just when I look at the facilities that we go to and I see that money being given out, it would I would have loved to have seen that money being used to update some of the atrocious facilities that we have oh, for some, soccer in this country. But it's up to JP McGannis. It is, and somebody wants. will always stick a pin in the balloon and the pin in the balloon this morning is that uh, he is a tax exile and uh, many are, some are saying, at least some are saying, uh, I know actually what uh, the Social Democrat Jennifer Whitmore is saying in the papers this morning. I know it's a bit of a stretch, but maybe just pay your taxes here, you know, for all the initiatives like we have here in this country, education, healthcare and public transport, as opposed to being a tax exile. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Must be upsetting for Shane McGowan's widow, Victoria Mary Clark, to have had a priest come out and say down with all this kind of thing with regards to the funeral service and the video footage that I saw of the funeral service looked absolutely fantastic. I think actually that's the kind of thing that you want happening inside in a church if you want people to come back to the Catholic Church. But Paddy, uh, Father Paddy McCafferty was having none of it. He was appalled at the singing and the dancing during the service at the church in Nina County Tipperary. But of course Victoria rightly says that it was special and magical. Uh, in fact, the priest said if they wanted to have that sort of an event in a church, they should have hired a hall uh, somewhere and did all that in the hall. Of course, there was an awful lot happened within this. It was like something like three hours long. Uh, there are other aspects to the story. So the headlines say McGowan, McGowan with this sort of thing as the Vic hits back at priests. Victoria herself hits back at the priest's rant. Funeral moan. Uh, a, a real Shane in the mass. It's a headline making the red tops today. Uh, I was telling you yesterday that Shane McGowan apparently left 10 grand behind the bar of his local pub in Nina. Victoria's come out and says he did not leave 10 grand behind the bar. He would have approved, he would not have approved of it, uh, but he would have approved of the funeral and the actual um, uh, way it was done within the church. But no, nothing to do with the 10 bar. Uh, there was no 10 grand bar tab. And she also disses another story and I played you the audio of Kiefer Sutherland last week uh, and his encounter with Shane McGowan, which led to a bit of fisticuffs and then a few pints and then McGowan staying in Kiefer Sutherland's hotel bedroom overnight. She says this, uh, the papers this morning say, this is the second fake story. The first one being the 10 grand bar tab. The other one is the Kiefer Sutherland story that went viral after being unearthed following his passing. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland told the story in the Late Late Show and Victoria says now that story is totally made up. Uh, So, I don't know. That's the world we live in these days. A beautiful story uh, with a beautiful man, John O'Donnell, who we helped get a home for in Madden's buildings earlier this year. Uh, He got his first Christmas card then he received his Christmas tree this week and he got Christmas carolers calling to the door now he'd spent many years working and then living and sleeping in a slaughterhouse 
40 years long he was working there and for many, many decades was living and sleeping there himself and his, his couple of dogs. But um, he said for him, some people say life begins at 40 or 50. For him, he says life began at 63. It's a lovely story making both the echo this morning and indeed this morning's um, Irish Independent where Ralph Regal says and quotes him, I don't know what to say. It's the most amazing Christmas ever. It's his first Christmas in his own home with his own Christmas tree and his own things around him. He says he was presented with gifts and serenaded with Christmas carols as well. It's a beautiful story. I'll come back to it a little later on because I have some audio of the Christmas caroling as well on the door of his home at Madden's Buildings. A couple of other stories related to Christmas uh, have to do with Christmas gifts. The Guardian warning people don't be buying kids scramblers uh, for Christmas. Is it the case that scramblers are actually on our open roads as opposed to on scrambling tracks? Is that the problem? Uh, but children are way too young to be up in them and they're way too diff- uh, dangerous. And also, the Independent this morning is saying that e-scooters are becoming very popular. E-bikes have been very popular for quite some time. But we're starting to see deaths and injuries on our roads with regards to e-scooters and e-bikes. So there's a warning against them as well this Christmas time. Um, oh, we're coming off air yesterday morning. I heard a very sad news breaking of a fisherman who died in an accident, uh, died following a tragic incident on board a trawler off the southwest coast of Cork. Happened in the early hours of yesterday morning. That's a sad, sad story and it makes this morning's uh, echo in our thoughts with the family. Um, Ryan Tuberty, of course, has a new gig starting in January uh, on Virgin Radio in the UK and good luck to him. But uh, he dominates the front page, or at least his agent does. Uh, Noel Kelly dominates the front page of this morning's uh, mail. I'm getting a bit yawny about this. I'm getting a bit tired of this story. Uh, It's some letter that was written, taken... um, taking lumps out of RTE with regards to um, how many times they uh, honed in and mentioned Ryan Tuberty and made the whole scandal about Ryan Tuberty. Mirror this morning says that while he was off for the few months, um, I don't know, until maybe his contract ran out or something, he was getting 12 and a half grand a month by RTE during the period he was off air. But I mean, if there were still months to run on his contract and RTE were refusing to put the man on the air... Why wouldn't he be paid it? It wasn't by his. He wanted to go to work. So if they didn't want to put him on the air and he had a valid contract, pay the man. I don't see anything to see there. And talking about things to see, uh, The Sun this morning tells us of the um, greatest Christmas movie. You know what I'd love to do? Not look at the greatest Christmas movies, nor look at the greatest Christmas songs anymore, but look at the ones that drive you berserk, the ones you really dislike, the Christmas movies that you can't stand, the Christmas songs that just grate on your ears. You know, for me, it probably would be Mariah Carey's Christmas song. I'd have to have a think about the Christmas movie. But the big one's apparently Home Alone. Home Alone. If I hear Home Alone again, I'm just going to eat my head. Uh, Elf is another one and The Snowman. There's a few I know nothing about. One is called The Holiday and the other is called Gremlins. There, there are a couple of new ones thrown into the mix. They also talk same old, same old. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Card, probably the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life's another good one. Was that one with Clarence? Add a boy when the bell rings. Add a boy, Clarence. Love Actually is another one. Never seen that one. A Miracle on 34th Street. So they're dominating all of the papers. And apparently the papers are also talking about whether or not we should be giving Christmas gifts to teachers at Christmas time. Love to get your thoughts on that. It's not as if maybe families are under enough pressure as it is. But the UK Times this morning says that, and I'm just paraphrasing, that the headline says parents are urged to give gifts a miss for miss this Christmas. What about Mr? 
make it out there that all of the teachers are female. It might be the season of goodwill, they say, and digging deep for teachers' Christmas presents, but parents uh, should feel free to indulge their Scrooge-like tendencies and save their money and do not give gifts. They're, they're afraid, apparently, um, um, uh, in the Irish or the English edition of the Times this morning, that if some families and some kids give better gifts than other kids, the kids who give the better gifts will be favourites and uh, be elements of favouritism going on in the classroom because they, um, you know, gave a nicer gift. I don't know. I'm just wondering, does it still happen? And if so, what gifts are given? Is it a bottle of gin? A bottle of wine? Is it a voucher for maybe BT or something like that? Or Maham Point? Or is it a dinner voucher or something for a favourite restaurant? Or perfume? Uh, what do kids? What do kids give? via their parents uh, and I imagine is it just primary school I imagine it probably is just primary school but do you give to Christmas time to your children's teachers if so let us know what text 0868 the number one talk show in Cork if it's happening in Cork Neil is talking about it the Neil Prendeville show on Red FM get it off your chest call Neil Prendeville now on 0818 Red FM. I'll go to the phone lines in a couple of seconds. I want to talk to Ray, who put on a big bet and can't get paid. But just ahead of that, it's always important to, um, you know, re- reverse back to stories that we've been dealing with on the air. And yesterday we are telling you that the support after crime services uh, on Leaside um, are to be uh, wound up. The Department of Justice said that they wouldn't be funding. They were cutting the funding uh, we put in a, we spoke with Sally Hannah on air yesterday morning and we put in a request to the press department of the Department of Justice yesterday. Just ahead of that, um, we did get a lot of texts on it, particularly people who worked as volunteers over the years with the Support After Crime Service. Uh, John Murphy's one who says, it's a disaster. The funding's been rejected. Uh, Sally and Sharon and Trina and all the volunteers gave their lives for the innocent people that required required and needed help. Uh, it not only provides advice to people, it's a sanctuary for people to speak openly about their experiences. You know, these are people who've been victims of all sorts of different crimes. It not only deserves funding, it should be acknowledged by the powers that be um, an essential and rewarding service that provides people with the confidence to speak, report and proceed with bringing justice and closure. Says John Murphy. Another person said they are closing the vital service support after crime and they're abroad then telling other countries that we're a wealthy country um, but we send and look after others overseas, others at home that aren't Irish and all sorts of money for climate stuff. I need to get off this island, but unfortunately I'm stuck. That's just a couple of examples. But I'm just mentioning that because we did get a response from the Department of Justice. We sent off uh, a request as to what is going on. Um, and they did come back. And it somewhat updates you with regards to the story. They said the Department of Justice carries out spot checks as part of its grant management process. As a result of issues highlighted during these checks, the department commissioned an independent external audit of support after crime. The audit then confirmed and highlighted a number of particularly serious issues around expenditure, governance, record-keeping and service provision. The department subsequently met with the organisation and on foot of those engagements, Support after crime were advised that the department could not continue to fund them, but that the monies would be provided to the end of January to allow for an orderly wind-down. The department is making arrangements to ensure that adequate court accompaniment services are provided in the region by a new service provider 
as quickly as possible. So that somewhat updates it really and uh, we get a somewhat slightly clearer picture of the reasons why we've arrived at this juncture. They say that the audit confirmed and highlighted a number of particularly serious issues around expenditure, governance, record keeping and service provisions. So I won't and can't say any more about that, not for now anyway. Uh, That's the response from the Department of Justice and of course that shines a little bit more light on why we find ourselves in this situation as to what will happen in the new year. I don't know, but we will wait and see. Uh, Meanwhile, to the phone lines we go, Ray... Um, sorry, let me let me get my lines right. Dre, good morning. Can you hear me now? Morning to you. Hi, Neil. How's it going? How are good you? Man. I know you've come off nights, so I'm keeping you out of bed. My apologies. <laughs> uh, not for the first time have I heard of uh, you know peculiar stories when it comes to paying out bets. But would you, th- this is a boil sports bet that you put down? It was it was an accumulator. Now, what was the bet first? Yeah, it was just um, a seventeen accumulator there. I went in last Sunday. Whatever amount on an accumulator and for a large amount of money. Okay, so you so um, you call it a seven-team accumulator. Does does yeah, that mean that seven teams what, what have now? to do they have to win or what? Yeah, yeah. So like we'll say it might be a variation of like whether a team has to win, draw, or lose. You can back, but I've I backed results and all of them came in. Um, I got the physical docket obviously off Boyle Sports in Middleton and walked out of the shop. Okay, obviously when I went to turn with it Monday then. Um, went in to hand them the exact same slip and they notified me that it was already paid out half his cross county and I was obviously puzzled at this I didn't know okay. how that was possible I'm going to stop you again now that was a 100 euro bet on a 7 team hmm. accumulator all of the 7 teams came in for you meaning that you should have received 1,416 euro. You placed the bed at Boyle Sports in Middleton. You had the docket. You went back the next day to collect, and they said it had already been paid out where? Grange. Um, I didn't even know there was a Boyle Sports up in Grange, to be honest. So that's that's where it was paid out. Okay. But when I, I got another scenario for it, like when I went inside to Middleton, it was such a large amount that they asked me for ID and verification that's obviously this anti-money laundering. I can understand that and I don't want any names of staff to protect their identity. Fair play to you. So you gave them the ID. What happened then? So after they gave them... I didn't actually hand over the ID. I actually just questioned it. Why do I have to do this? It's not above 2,000. Um, And they said, oh yeah, look, let me go check it out for you, blah, blah. I was talking to people then inside the shop just obviously waiting for it to be settled. And then they turned around to me and said, oh, sorry, look, we've actually, that bet has already been paid out. So I was kind of puzzled straight away. I goes, surely be to God, if you asked me for ID, you were going to ask the same person wherever it was paid out. Because they had already told me that morning that the shop had got an email saying that that bet was marked. So by meaning that it was marked that they wanted to verify me and ID me. So I'd be thinking, sure, if it's paid out somewhere else. That has to be the same scenario. But I can't follow that. How, how would your ID have anything to do with the bet slip that you hold? I, I think it's just. I think it's just if you win a large amount that they just want verification who you are, and I go to, there's no problem with that. To be honest, like it's just, it's just an anti-money laundering thing. I think it's just that after introducing the last right. couple of years. Okay. 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 So, but they, but for whatever reason, they said, "Sorry, the bet was paid out in grey." When? Um, it was actually paid out, so I placed the bet, we'll say, on a Sunday at 12 o'clock, and I returned to the shop again 
Monday at about five o'clock as I was just away all day. I was inside in college and basically they said that I was paid out at eleven o'clock in Grange. And I just I'm just thinking, surely be to God, there's timestamps and all this um when it was paid out, who was paid out to like even the cashier who paid it out and you can just check CCTV. So obviously since then I've they've advised me to go to guards and make statements which I have. Um Went up to talk to Garda Station, made a statement up there. They're obviously looking for CCTV now and are finding it very hard to get it off them, even after signing a data release form. Um, why why, why are Boyle... I've asked... Uh, listen, we've been on to Boyle Sports. I'm waiting for a response from them. In fairness, they need some time. Why wouldn't they Is it? Why wouldn't they give out the video footage to the Gardaí? I think, I think obviously they have GDPR concerns there and I understand that definitely, but... If a data release form is signed that it kind of overpowers the GDPR because it's obviously going to the rise authorities, they need to review because a crime's after taking place. Um, and to be honest, I can't I can't figure out like it's day nineteen now since it incident. Nineteen days the later, really? Yeah, today is day nineteen, like, and still nothing has been done. I I just find that mad. Like this <laughs> this should have been talking two or three days, like. Like, I can't understand how some like were there was there other accumulators like yours for the same kind of money or something in, like, in the same they, betting shop they, or they, they, they told me inside the shop when I went in to collect it that there was a, a bet done that day for fifty euro, um, a similar bet and they thought that we were co obviously with each other. I goes, I I know nothing about that. That my bet, not my issue to be honest. I goes, I'm just here with my slip, handing it in and I just that's it. Um, so like I, do, I don't understand what is going on I, like, I, I think if they just get CCTV if they hand it over like this can all easily be resolved How will it be resolved with the CCTV? They'd see the chap who did get the 1600 yeah, exactly. and 1400 so, like, If they had to tell me that it was paid out in Grange at 11 o'clock on that Monday I was perfect I was just got the CCTV for that time so view it and you'll see the person then like, but how can they know, pay out somebody else? How can, how can they pay out somebody else when you have the slip? I just I can't I can't get my head around this. Like, so they said, sorry, know. that bet was paid in Grange. It's already been mm. paid out. Go to the guards. Yeah, that is. And you're that's holding the slip in your hand and saying, I was never in Grange. I bet the bet here. Yeah. I've come back to collect here. Yeah, exactly. So, am I missing anything here? Is there any more? Like, like, like I goes like you know. Then there was possible scenarios of like what was going on. I goes there was obviously I was thinking, is there people next to me? Like these machines. Like I, there was a scenario going on in my head that there was a person next to me, and there's these things called the reward cards. I don't have them. I don't have an online account with boils or anything. Did he tap his card off my machine and get his bet into his account? Is that possible? I don't know. Um. Like, I'm thinking, is there something going on with Boyle Sports itself? Is it just a, a failure with the machines? And they've taken so much time now that they're trying to find a way to come up with an excuse. Like, I, it's just the fact that I goes, I'm not, I'm completely out of the picture the whole time. I goes, I have to go to them to find out information rather than them coming to me. They're not being, um, they're not being coherent with 
on the other street corner or giving them this information that they need. Like, they were even asking for the phone number at the start of the investigation for Boyle Sports Middleton. And they said, no, we can't hand that over due to GDPR. And I'm thinking, this is the phone number. Like, this is crazy. They're probably going to say the same thing to me if I ask for clarification. But you, you've, you've shared all of this on... X, formerly known as Twitter. Usually, yeah. usually yeah, when somebody like does that, they, they somebody does get in touch. Yeah, see, unfortunately, like, I didn't obviously want to go to Twitter or anything, but, like, it, it, two weeks had passed, and I'm after hearing nothing. I'm just being left in the dark. And I said to myself, like, all right, I, I just need to get, obviously, more advice or more help with this. Um, you know, there's no clarity in the situation, like, um, and you put and like that up online and they asked you, they said, we, they, they responded to your tweet. There's many of them. In fact, a lot of people are commenting on it as well. Yeah. We're sorry to see you have had an issue. Can you please DM us, direct message us with more information so we can look into it further for you? Has that made any difference since the 13th of December? No, it hasn't. Because like I, was, like I just responded to him and said, look, I told him the incident where it happened. Um what's the update with it? I goes, I don't see how that's a breach of GDPR to be honest, and asking for an update. I'm not asking for any sensitive information or personal information. I'm just asking but for you, a simple update. But you know, goes, like, bookies don't pay out without a docket, do they? Exactly, yeah. So you have, you have one and copy I, of it, they have the other, do they? Yeah, I, I assume they, they'd have another copy. Like they, was, And they have to match? Goes, do they have to match? Yeah. They have to match? I was, assume, I was just under the assumption, I goes, I was just going to go in they're going to scan my tickets. I'm just going to get paid away I go. And do you, simple, do you place like bets regularly? Uh, probably once a week, maybe. Like, I, oh. I like going in on a Sunday and just placing the accumulator, watching matches in at home. Yeah. So you were very surprised when it came in. You said, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, to be honest, I was like, I've been in, like, I've, I've never been in trouble with the bookies or anything before. And it goes, I have placed similar bets and they have won, like. So, like, inside the Milton shop, there's been nothing ever happened or wrong with me, like. So, I don't understand how this has happened. Like, it is just complete breach on their side. Um, but it's just, the, the silence from them is just ridiculous. Okay, okay. Well, well, let's see if this makes any difference to see if we can get a resolution to it. You you yeah. have put accumulators in the path. Have you made anything like the 1,416 that you no, made? No, no, no. That's yeah. probably, I'll, I'll say that's probably my biggest win now. Like, and, you know. Is that sheer like, luck I, then I mean, that you happen to just, it just, it just works out for you? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say, like, you know, it doesn't work out all the time, like, um, unfortunately, we don't live in an ideal world, like, but, look, this time was just nice, and I was looking forward to it, especially, especially coming up to Christmas, but look, I'm here now three weeks trying to find it, trying to get answers, and unfortunately, I'm on a radio station talking about it. It seems, like, really weird that you place a bet in Middleton, right, you have the slip and everything, um, and, mm. you know, you go back in to collect it the next day, and they'd say... Sorry, pal, um, that was paid out already to somebody else, clearly, in Grange. And you're standing there with your betting slip at the counter. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's just like it, like when you go to, and they said, go to the fun. guards. Yeah. And you did like, go what, to the like guards, 40, didn't you? And you made a statement. Yeah, I did that. I made a statement and the, the, the case is open now. But like, surely Boyle Sports owe something to their own customers like to aid with any investigation like this. But they're doing nothing for me. They just want the guards to deal with that is, And I'm thinking... Surely, be to God, there has to be something done by. I would have thought that legally you have a contract with Boyle Sports by virtue of the docket to be paid out. Mm, I, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. And if they paid the, it out to the wrong person, I would imagine that's none of your concern either. I would have thought. Exactly, like I goes, do not say I just want it to be paid out, and that's it. And I goes, whatever, if there's a breach or they've made 
are wrong here. Like that's for them to be cleaning okay. up after. Okay. Like, okay, okay. So not, we're not missing anything else out in the story now. We've covered the the gist of it. And, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and that's where we're at. And this was back on the 26th of November. It was a Sunday at 20 past midday yeah. in Boyle Sports in Middleton. You went back on the Monday at five o'clock to collect, and they said it was paid out that morning in Grange. Let's see. Let's see uh, what Boyle Sports say by way of a response, right? And see if we can move this one on. The Gardaí sound sounds as if they're they're somewhat frustrated as well. They can't get the footage. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because they're they're they seem frustrated. And they've they've made follow up uh, emails. I've done the same. I've just and they just keep hiding behind this GDPR excuse. Okay. And, and where, just, where, where in uh, which guard is it Anglesey Street? No, is it Toker or Anglesey Street? No, it's Toker. All right. Toker. Okay. Okay. Let's let's await and see if we can get some clarity to the mystery. All right. Be back to you. Yeah. Cheers, Perfect. my man. Take care for now. Get a bit of sleep. I know you were working last night, so off to bed. Um, talk to you later on. Yeah. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. If anybody else has had a strange or peculiar story uh, like that, it's the, one of the weirdest ones I've ever come across, and we have in the past. Um, only anyway, we'll come back to it as an update, and hopefully there will be. Meanwhile, honest Keith. Good morning. Hello, Neil. There you go. Hello, That's a, since I was talking to you. It's been a while, pal. I hope you're looking forward to Christmas and everything uh, Everything that you're asking Santi for. I'm just putting the, the stair on the tree there, no, mate. You're a bit late getting the tree up, aren't you? Well, do you know what, no, Neil? I've only a small little tree there. I said, it's, uh, I, I'm in a small house. <laughs> mind, do mind that, idea, Neil, and, uh, about, about this um, debating thing? Yeah. I was there, Neil, I, I'll be honest with you, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, right? About four, probably five years ago. I never gambled since, Neil. And I was a, I was a heavy gambler, long like. All right. And okay. I went in, I went into Paddy Powers there, that's what the one there. And I'd done a bet, I had 50 euros in my pocket. I'd done a bet on a dog. Right. Right? Yeah. Next while, and uh, the dog won. So I went up to take me money. Any idea I'm how much or the it. odds or anything? 150 euros I should have got back then. Okay, three to one or something right. there. Yeah. Up anyway, anyway, to collect my money. And your wife said, no, sorry, we can't pay you out. I said, why is that? She said, you were two, two seconds over by the time the dogs took off, uh, Neil. Right? And I said, what if the dog won? I, I lost. I said, would you follow me out the door and send it to me? <laughs> oh no, we don't work it that way at all, she says. <laughs> but do believe I packed up the gambling there and then. Did you really? I did. I did serious. Never went near into the bookies. I came over and I said to my aunt, you know something? You're the biggest con before I said. <laughs> and I got, but Neil, we do believe I could have been a jockey, right? Just a serious though. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. Like, no, right? I'm listening. Right, right? Yeah, go on, go on. But, I had I had a bit of a stutter years ago, right? And I was up. I was I was with the, with the top jockeys above in Kildare, like, right? And next of all, then I done my three month course. I kept me weight and the whole lot or whatever. And next of all, after the three month course, the trainer said, uh, uh, "Keith, look, they're all after passing there." That's it. Um, Frankie the Tory, you know, and all them, they're all after pass me. He said, but he said, I, I can't give you a license to ride a horse. <laughs> and I said, why? He said, by the time you say giddy up, he said, the race is all over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to laugh or give out to you about that one. I don't know which. 
So you gave you gave it up as a bad job and probably saved an awful lot of money into the bargain. You know something, Neil? I was never, as me mother used to say to me years ago when I was gambling, she said, Keith, you'll never see the bookies on a push bike. <laughs> it's very true. Yes. It's well, very it, true. It, you know something, I was never went out of Bob from the day that I packed him up. Did you, did, you, did you ever try and work out how much you probably lost to the bookies over the years? Oh, jeez, Neil, I tell you. Do you know something, Neil? That's a good time there. That's what I had there. Uh, we had 30 grand in the house one time. Oh, my God, Keith, you're joking me. I'm dead serious, Neil, and I'm... I'd be on, uh, geez, Neil, I was... Shani, uh, the mock money was around that time. <laughs> the mock you money? remember the... The mock money with the banks, or the, 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 the mock money. I, I say, what Neil, mock I money? Say, I never had mock money. You mean, like, too much money, is it? Or, or oh, what fo- the banks will give you, like? Oh, yeah, yeah, loans and stuff. Do you know what I mean yeah, when yeah. the bank... Um, I, I the thought bank you were going into bookies... I thought you were going into bookies with counterfeit money or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but, se- but seriously, <laughs> but seriously, 30 grand on a horse. I mean, were you nervous? Do you know something? There was a man in front of me, right? An Englishman. And he had a ball of cash, right? And he had a hundred and forty thousand on the horse that I was backing, and that was sterling. That was cash money. And would a bookies take? Would, oh, that's on the course. Would a course bookmaker take that kind of money? Oh, savage money altogether. And did the horse win? He did. But should that bookie be he cleaned did. out? Wouldn't he? He. You know what? The, I was talking to man after the fellow with the hundred and thousand and. He's a professional gambler. He said I could lose that. He said that's the next thing he said. That's right. That's right. No, no, it's a serious business, boy. You want to be very careful getting into the gambling hobby. I'll be honest with you, though. And I don't even... It doesn't even interest me anymore. Yeah, okay. Need one more thing before I go now. Yeah, yeah. Right? The the time of the floods, right? Yeah. I was coming through the back of the anglers outside in I have an old little Nissan pickup, right? Right. And I was coming through over the bridge and there was cars, lorries, trucks, everything was stopped, right? And there's my little Nissan going through the floods, right? <laughs> I came up by Carcabarni, not a great bear there. <laughs> and that's all I could hear is In the truck, you know? What is it? <laughs> Neil. What was this? <laughs> I could hear all the clapping, right? Yeah. In the truck, so I said, I get the mechanic down. And the mechanic came down here, Adrian. And I said, Adrian, I said, there's an awful clapping there. I said, yeah, that's in the truck. I said, it must be the engine or whatever. And I checked the engine. The engine was perfect. All that. Do you know what it was, Neil? No idea. Three salmon in the back of the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Three salmon. Three salmon flapping away. What happened in the back of the makeup? Three so the salmon were swimming out of the lee around the Angler's Rest, swimming on the road. Got into the van. I you took them. Into my, <laughs> jumped into my pickup. <laughs> did, you, did you eat them? <laughs> you better leave. <laughs> I did. I got the old buddy there next door there to go some for me. Good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck. luck.
twos of everything as opposed to ones like, uh, you know, two selection boxes, a 12 pack of potato in there, variety of potatoes, be cheese and onion and smoky bacon and salt and vinegar and everything. Then they got the Mikados and the Barry's tea, um, tea bags and the hot chocolate and the Bisto gravy granules and the uh, dairy milks and the purple snacks and the Cadbury's Boost. So that's the mega Christmas mega box. And the other one is called the Night Before Christmas box. That's a lovely one because it's got uh, lovely things that you'd like to do on Christmas Eve, including Cadbury's hot chocolate, treats for Rudolph, some reindeer food in there as well. Anyway, you can check them all out yourself uh, online and you can check out thepettybox.com. But with all that in mind, um, we're going to do another few emails. Love to send a paddy box to my three children and their family who live in Perth, Australia. Stephanie and her husband, Cahal, John and his wife, Rebecca, and Liam and his partner, Leona. There's so many away. They were on the Corconians Abroad piece in the Echo in November. Uh, we were unable to, to were unable to travel, nor were they able to travel, nor us. Uh, and they won't be doing so this year. But I'd love to send a piece of home for them especially the Barry's tea and the Tato crisps. We really miss them, but particularly at this time, says Janet Carmody. Uh, so many people down in Australia. And then one for my in-laws in Canada, Neil. They're my in-laws, my new in-laws since June, as we are nearly six months married, and they've done so much for me and my husband throughout the years. They won't be home for Christmas, but it will be their first ones as grandparents to our niece, and they would love a gift, says Eva. So keep those emails coming. I'd like to nominate my uncle Daniel and his girlfriend Claudia, we're in California for one of your hampers. Uh, they won't be home this year, but they'll be very much missed at the Christmas table. A paddy box for my brother Brian in Australia. When my dad passed away, my older brother Brian was always there to support my mum and to rear his younger siblings, two brothers and two sisters. Brian is big-hearted, always thinking of others. Now I want to think of him. And perhaps you could send him a gift this Christmas. Uh, says Morgan, brother to Brian in Australia. Uh, my sister-in-law, Rachel Kinsella, um, deserves one of your hampers. It's her second Christmas away from the family, but she's living her best life, as they say, in Australia. She misses home and the home comforts, but the biggest thing is missing out on all the new adventures and be able to grab a cuddle with her nieces and nephews, says Caroline. A few goodies would cheer her up, Neil. My son Robert and his wife Courtney moved back to Arkansas last year and this will be his second Christmas away from home here in Blarney. We miss them. I know it would mean the world to them if he received a parcel from home with lots of goodies that he grew up with. It would give a great Corkman a taste of home for Christmas. Love the show, says Mary Beth Gabriel in Blarney. And one or two more. I hope you keep them well. Paddy box, please, for our two friends in Australia. I would love to send them a small touch of home. They set out on their travels in January. Like so many people left Ireland in January and went, or sorry, this year, particularly at the start of the year, New Year, um, New Adventures. And these people are amongst them. So they set out in early January and it's their first Christmas away. As you can imagine, it's a tough time of the year to be away from family and friends. But hopefully the Paddy Box and Red FM can make it a little bit more special for them, says Chloe. So there's a few of them. Uh, I'll give some more opportunities to reading out emails throughout this Friday morning and also make a couple of calls overseas as well. But as we talk of Christmas and people overseas at Christmas time, um, I want to give you an opportunity to hear something absolutely marvellous because I hear it's flying now in the download charts. The one and only Dylan Brickley's only going to release a brand new song for Christmas. If 
Dylan Brickley's new song, it's a cracker, it's called Last Christmas. Let me just get a quick call in with him actually because this song is just absolutely smashing it in the charts. Dylan, good morning. Morning, Neil, how are you? I'm picking up all sorts of stuff there, backing vocals, string arrangements. This is serious stuff, like the kitchen sink's been thrown at this and it's worked. Who's is, who's doing backing vocals, incidentally? So Corey Power is featuring on the song and uh, yeah, he's singing on it basically and but you know what? We've been talking for years about doing a song together, and it's taken us ten years, but we got it done finally. But the, but it, the finish of it is just so polished. What what's happening in the download charts? Number one is it? Yeah, I, I woke up this morning. It was number two. Then it reached number one. So it's currently beating uh, the Pogues Fairy Tale New York. I'm. I'm I'm shocked to be honest. I, I don't know what's going on. It's it's an amazing now. And is it possible to track at all where people are downloading it? I mean, is this global? Do you think? Well, so far, I'm not really sure. But on Spotify, you can see who's listening, like what countries are listening. But um, it's only out since last night, so it's still fresh. But um. I'm hoping it's going to be a big release and you know we're in talks with the Late Late Show we're, we're in talks with many other TV shows hopefully they all come through now we can perform it live on TV because I think the song deserves to be uh, deserves a live performance you know Overnight then it went to number one this must be beyond your wildest dreams It's mad I, I, I didn't think like I, I think the song is a great song but I, I didn't you know, with the with with Shane McGowan passing away, rest in peace to him. Yeah, I I didn't think we, we we'd be able to get up there, but it's after doing it. So thanks a million to everyone supporting us. It's amazing. It's an incredible achievement on your behalf. If you look at the last twelve months, you must be pinching yourself. I mean, you played in here a couple of times. I'm sure you did, and you were in it one or two times with Corey as well. You know, um, but from a busking background, this is hard graft, isn't it? It is hard, yeah. Um, we've been both singing for the past, well, like since we're teenagers, and so we, we've kept at it because we love it. But um, a lot of opportunities have, have come in the last twelve months. We'll say playing electric picnic, um, playing other voices at UCC, alongside picture this, and it's you. You got to work hard at it, and you know what? It's it's just about getting songs out there, getting better at songwriting, and I think. This song is definitely the best piece of work I've put together, and you know every lyric means something to me, and uh, hopefully everyone everyone feels something off this song. Oh, big time! It's a fight. It's right up there with the best of them. It's right up there with the best of them. What? What? You're you're very close and involved with Penny Dinners, aren't you? I mean, I'm talking primarily yeah, about yeah. what you've done in the past, but I think there's something planned for next week, this side of Christmas, isn't there? So yeah, um, Saturday the twenty third, we're we're going to be doing our annual busk for Cockpenny dinners outside of uh, Brown Thomas, starting at ten o'clock, ten o'clock till six, and we got a load of like great talent joining us on the day, and um, it's going to be unbelievable. Last year we raised about almost six thousand for them on the day, so. Hopefully this year we can uh, raise raise a nice bit as well for them, you know. Okay, fair play to you. So big line up, what time and where again? Um, it's starting at 10 o'clock, Saturday the 23rd outside Brown Thomas, and it's going to be on until 6. So if you're in town doing a bit of shopping, come over. We'll be right outside Brown Thomas, and uh, 
yeah, it's going to be a fun day. I can't, I can't wait for it. I'm delighted for you, man. I really and truly am. Don't be a stranger. Come in and see us again soon. But well done with uh, Last Christmas. Great song, really and truly. Superbly put together. I appreciate your support. Not at all. Happy Christmas. Best of luck with it. And good luck with the big busking day to next week. All right? Take care of yourself. Thank you. Happy Christmas. Good luck. Brickley. Watch him. Cork's number one talk show. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Welcoming Sinead. Happy Christmas to Sinead. A nice story to share with us, I believe. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. In um, spite of the fact night. that we had people very critical of our bus service and bus timetables and buses not turning up. Last night, what happened? Yeah, so basically we were um, out for a night out. As you know, a lot of partying going on at the moment. So I was out with a group of friends. And there was three of my friends taking the 206. Um, so we were all kind of heading the Donnybrook Doug, Douglas Grange direction. I take the 207. So in fairness, we were looking to see where the 207 was and we couldn't see any signs for it or anything. So where does the 207 go? Um, the 207 goes up to um, up Donnybrook Hill, to the right. top of Donnybrook Hill. Okay. Right. Whereas where the, where the 206 turns off, it turns off at Grange Cross and heads out Grange. All ah, right, so you were going kind so of the same it, direction, but different we, buses. We yeah. were going kind of the same direction, yeah. but it was two different buses. Okay. But there was no sign of the 207 and there was no information about the 207. So in fairness, first of all, he actually rang, um, he made some phone calls for us to find out where was the 207 and it seemed a good it seemed a bit behind the 206 so the mum you know like my other friends were a bit concerned about me I suppose and I was like look we'll jump on here and I can I can walk a bit of the way or whatever it's fine you know rather than to be waiting in town to be at least out close to where I am so we were on the bus and we were kind of joking would we you have been thinking, slow to stay at a bus stop on your own I would, I suppose. Yeah. Being honest now, I would. Okay. I okay. don't think uh, the city is the safe place it once was. Yeah, okay. So I think ideally, you know, and even if say my friends didn't want me to stay at the And the advice would be suppose. not to be on your own, of course. You're right in that regard, yeah. I suppose it's like you know you're you're just more wary when you're on your own. I suppose when the opportunity was there to get on a bus with them, I prefer to have done that than to be on a bus on my own. Not on my own, waiting for a bus. I've no problem travelling on a bus on my own, but waiting for a bus on my own. So yeah, so headed off anyway, and um, we were just chatting away, whatever. And then he made an announcement, and he was like, uh, "If anyone, you know, if anyone doesn't mind, we're actually just going to take a slight detour here." And he drove up the Donnybrook Hill to drop me to my stop, <laughs> close to my house. So he actually veered off his route to do that. Everybody in the bus tapped. There was no objections. And it was just one of those moments you're actually like, oh my God, you know. And one of the mums afterwards, she actually said to him, thank you so much for doing that. And his words were, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. And he said, it's nice to be able to make sure one more person gets home safely. Like when I heard that, that actually made me cry. Did it really? I just, it did. It did. I just thought that it was just such a lovely gesture and such a lovely thing to do. I've never heard of the two, you know, the 206 going up Donnybrook Hill. It was a first. You know, so I just, I, I really, really, really appreciate that bus driver. That was and a really gorgeous name. thing to do, a beautiful detour. So it was the 206 bus. I don't think um, anybody would uh, disagree that that is a gorgeous yeah. thing to do. Even his bosses yeah, would say, two, yeah. well done, well, thumbs I, up. I, I, would, I would like to think that that's what they'll say because, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't have to do that. And in fairness, everybody in the bus clapped for him. They just, everybody, like even people I didn't know, because I was a bit like, oh my God, like other people on the bus, but they were like, 
I'd love if that know? kind of thing caught on maybe the pilots on airplanes detoured planes to bring us to Cork I'm just going to fly down to Cork first let the Cork people off and then <laughs> head up to Dublin they're more important <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it'd be lovely to know who this gentleman was I know give yes, him a little I gift would, maybe like a hamper or a turkey and ham or something we were actually we were actually saying that just myself my friends last night I'd love to get to know his name just to buy him a few pints or give him something just to say thank you because it was such a just a warm gesture uh, let's and try and find him let's try and so this, yes, around I, about I, what I time was this the 206 uh, I'd say it was about half a quarter time I'm not great at my times now okay. I wasn't really looking okay. my battery was fairly low on my phone that was right. the other thing I was concerned about my battery was very low on my phone okay. so I'd say between the time of like half eight nine o'clock let's see if we can that find time. that driver going south side who did a detour on the 206 I have to say Sinead I'm, I'm amazed that your Christmas party ended at half eight I mean like, I know. What, you mustn't have been work up to today. much what work today work today where did you go really what was, yeah a load of holy joes where did you go uh, we, we, we were in the imperial first and then we went to Tequila Jacks <laughs> enjoyed it Loved it. We had a great time. And you know what? We were all very good. We all, you know, we kid drops this morning. We all had to do the two drops and so on. So we were all very well behaved. Well done. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Happy Christmas. I'll be back to you if I can find that bus thank driver, you. all right? Brilliant. Okay, thank take you so care. much. All the best. Take care. Take, okay, care. take care. I was, on a, bit, I was on a bit of an old trip around town in the suburbs of myself yesterday, just out of curiosity. I'll tell you how some things just don't work out. Um, I was told and I was, inf- I was ordered to get a box of not afternoon tea, but a box of USA, right? You know, the USA boxes. Um, uh, and, and that was the one that was needed in Ohio. I actually preferred the biscuits, I have to say, in the USA boxes. Uh, I tried a couple of Tesco's, absolutely no good. Then I Googled and I found, oh yes, they actually are selling them also in super value. So I then visited, and this is like a lot of traffic yesterday afternoon, a lot of traffic. So I won't, I won't, I won't identify the super value for fear of mortifying them, but I eventually managed to buy a, a box of uh, USA in super value. Did you know, and I don't know when this happened, um, and I, I don't know if it's all of them, but the USA now are in cardboard boxes and they're not in the tins anymore. They used to be in a tin, just like uh, the USA assorted are, you know, the afternoon tea, I should say. Um, so I managed to get the uh, the USA in a cardboard box as they're sold. Eight euro for the box of them. That's fair enough. Brought them home. But I have to say, because they're in a cardboard box, and I don't know whether I just got a rogue one, they were all smashed. Um, and I kind of was thinking about it. Do do Jacobs kind of know they're going to put all of these chocked, all of these, um, these biscuits into a, a cardboard box they run the risk of being smashed, whereas in the tin box, the old metal box, like, they don't. So I'm just mentioning it. I mean, I can't understand. I mean, maybe it's an environmental thing that they want to be more environmentally friendly and you recycle the cardboard box. But I have to say, there were, as we used to call it, a lot of them were in brus yesterday when I actually opened the cardboard box. Very, very disappointing. But that's the world we live in now. That's a great story. If anybody knows who that uh, that um, bus driver might be, we're talking about the 206, around about half, quarter past half past eight last night. Love to find out who it is uh, and maybe um, send him a nice little gift. And certainly, never mind about me, Sinead certainly wants to give him a gift because that was just a lovely gesture. I did get an email in from a bus driver because the bus service has been criticised a lot on Leaside uh, this week.
Neil, if a bus is running late and there's another bus about one or two minutes behind you, we can be told drop off only to make up schedule time, but only if there is a service just behind so people are not left behind. I hope you can follow that logic. Taking this action can make a huge difference in the service that's running late, staying in service um, so that it doesn't get backed up for the next trip. That's one of the reasons why a bus will stop, unload its passengers to the bus behind so that this other bus then can catch up. Um, Sometimes a driver could get to the city centre for his break and find out the bus errand inspector fails to tell him that there's no driver to cover him for his lunch break. As a driver has to take a legal break, uh, unfortunately, we have to ask passengers to leave the bus. And I know drivers feel awful about doing this, but it's out of our hands. Uh, You need to take your break and you're entitled to take your break. There isn't anything between 15 to 30 duties. There's anything between 15 to 30 duties of service most days. Worst on the weekends because of the lack of drivers. There's more drivers leaving the job now than coming into it. The main reason... You can't get a day off if you want one. Um, you get refused days off for weddings. You get refused days off for kids' communions, etc. So people are, are just leaving. If they do agree to give you a change of day, they'll make you work an extra day the following week. That seems very unfair. Uh, our timetables are so bad, and they won't give more time on the timetable for the bus route. That's down to the NTA. For example, if you've only 55 minutes from Marymount on the 208 all the way to Ashmount, you have no chance to make that 55-minute trip, especially at peak time. That's how busy it is. It could take an hour alone from Patrick Street to Wilton with the traffic. The 220 service has one hour from Carrigaline to Ballancolic after 8pm, and that is literally impossible. There are better truck driving and bus driving jobs out there and bus Aaron just can't keep staff. The Bus Connect plan does look good whenever it starts, but that could well take years. It's great having buses, but if no one will drive them, that's the issue. I was told they have no more people um, who have applied for bus training scheme. Imagine that. No one's been trained. There are 40 more drivers retiring in January that I know of. And I know six drivers that gave their notice in the last two weeks because they were refused any time off at Christmas time. They can get work elsewhere, I suppose, is what he's saying. As far as I know, there are 500 drivers now, and we need at least another 300 in Cork. They did an open day to hire drivers three weeks ago, and only four people showed up. That's the main reason the buses don't show up, lads. No one to drive them. This was a guy given out about... There was a guy given out about the 215 the day before yesterday. On a Sunday... That is an hour service. So if one bus is missing, it becomes a two-hour wait for people, which is crazy. There are drivers who might be in the job a few weeks, you know, and they'll do the first half of a shift and they just don't come back. And finally, said there was a guy who took a bus up to Apple, then got his wife to collect them, to collect him, and he left the bus at Apple and never came back. This is common enough, as in drivers leaving the jobs, literally walking out of the bus in the middle of their shift. So thank you for that from a bus errand driver who emailed neil at redfm.ie. You're listening to Court's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil-
Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. The voice of Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday, Cork's Red FM. And you can pick up the phone on 0818104106. And a lot of people texted following our conversation with Terry Shannon yesterday. They're off on a trip to the Netherlands to see how they do uh, cycle lanes over there. Uh, they're definitely not spending the money on the council housing, Neils, that are unoccupied, are they? Instead of that trip, they could paint the outside of the houses in Mahan. Cycle lanes are a complete waste of money. Well, some of that money, of course, instead of going on these trips, could go to refurbing, um, you know, locked up and boarded up council properties. Ask him about the new cycle paths to nowhere particularly in Middleton. They've destroyed the town. At the bottom of the town, 90% of the business is gone. Um, They've actually taken 16 parking spaces away from the front of businesses in Middleton. It's destroyed as well as everything else by the floods. I counted 10 workmen standing around doing absolutely nothing this morning alone. I absolutely hate to think of the money that this is costing. Um, good taxpayers' money that could help to build up the businesses in the town, not destroy them. Uh, also, there's an idle multi-storey parking place the council could have bought years ago and didn't. And Laura says, um, how dismissive and ill-informed Terry Shannon was. You asked about the figures of people using cycle paths in Cork. Um, and he said, I know that there are figures. I heard them once, but I don't have them. Well, in his defence, um, he hadn't been prepared for me to ask that question and he wasn't able to put his hands on the figures. Here in Holland, because I did get a text from Holland, there is a 5% tourist tax to be paid at all hotels. This money is then put back into the cities for maintaining the cities, for festivals, for Christmas lights, everything that's need doing. If our councillors are going all over the world, but the city coffers are skint, why not do something similar? By the way, I thought the country is doing very well at the moment. Why is Cork City playing the poor mouth? 36 grand would pay for a beautiful Christmas celebration and promote the city. Well, that horse is bolted now. We didn't have a family light switch on. I don't even know if it was about money. But you ask, why don't we do something similar to, say, Holland, where they have a tourist tax? I have no idea. Uh, I've been talking about that for 15, 20 years, that there should be some kind of a bed tax on every single hotel bedroom uh, in Cork. And um, it should only be maybe one or two percent. I don't think anybody booking into a hotel room uh, in Cork would even notice if there was an extra one or two or even three euro on the cost of the hotel bedroom night. So if you had that little tax on a hotel bedroom every single time the bed was occupied in a hotel and all of that money was given, say for instance to City Hall, as long as they didn't squander it and waste it on robot trees or anything, wouldn't it be a great source of income? So anyway, um, it's not as if I didn't suggest that years back. What's the benefit out of their trip to Washington? Yeah, one of them was like 35 grand. And what was the payback? Act payback. Ask the councillors how much was spent on bottles of wine if they never cycle, how do they know what's required if the councillors that go don't cycle themselves? There's no shortage of money for their trips, for TDs or for councillors, but no money to turn on the Christmas lights, I see. Uh, Terry Shannon obviously doesn't like you having the temerity to ask questions on behalf of the taxpayer. How the city council spends its cash is a very valid question in my view. So thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 0868 104 106. Just a, a quick one actually because um, yesterday was a great day as I said for John O'Donnell and there was um, a lovely piece of audio that I played for you earlier on this morning uh, with regards to Terence McSweeney's students going out there and singing a few Christmas carols at his front door. It's what Christmas is really all about isn't it and John O'Donnell must have been over the moon yesterday. Uh, when they called out to his little house in Madden's buildings. Paddy, Go- Paddy O'Brien's on the phone. Paddy, oh, good morning. How are you? Well, good, good morning, Neil. And well, I must say, and I must say that 
I was pleasantly surprised when I arrived at 64 Madden's Buildings on Wednesday. And the first thing I saw was the choir. I knew that they didn't know anything about it. It was a, a real surprise quite. And they were singing. Um, they sang a holy night. And all the Christmas numbers. And later on then, they sang, they sang again. And uh, John was standing at the door. Yeah. And I actually saw tears went down his arm. Yeah, he was up. He was. He was got very, very emotional. They see the young children coming to his house. There were about fifteen or twenty of them there, and then the school uniforms with with, um, with their uh, Christmas hats. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And tell me sight. this. Tell me this. Tell me this. Did many of the other little doors in Madden's buildings open to listen to the music as well? Oh, they did. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. Oh, that's what definitely a lot of the lot of the neighbours came out onto the uh, road. One lady came out and she said she wants to give me money. She talked about cattle singing. <laughs> you, you see. <laughs> Uh, and um, and then it annoyed a lot of the people in the traffic. Then I was uh, I was on point duty the whole time. Stop asking, begging, begging the cars. Sorry, no. Just let, after after one song, the car will move on to the footpath. We'll let the traffic on, and and continue then again. But John, you you met John on a couple of occasions, and you you were one of the people responsible for getting he was the house. Delighted for himself. And I, yeah. And I would have to say this, he is a different John O'Donnell. He's a different man, totally. He's a lovely smile. He's very positive in everything he says and does. Um, he has a, a full day. He's, so he keeps himself busy every day. They're doing, just doing si- simple things. This little Christmas tree is lovely, Paddy, isn't it? Did he get help with that or did he paddle his own canoe with that one? About the Christmas tree. Oh, it's beautiful little Christmas tree inside in the house. It's, it's lovely. Um, and my, my friend Andrew Murphy, Andrew Murphy from Granam, who featured quite a lot in the house. We got the house first doing a lot of work. And Andrew was there the weekend. He was there again on um, Wednesday evening. We went down there at five o'clock and set up, set up the tree. It's a beautiful tree. A beautiful, lovely, lovely tree. I think there were four or five sets of lights alone. And the deck, and he was so happy. And he said to me jokingly, he said, I don't think I'll ever get from that train. I'm going to keep it forever. <laughs> and with the, with the, with the, with the And tell on. me, so I don't mean to pry, but how is he fixed yeah. for Christmas Day and Christmas dinner? Is there a plan or anything like that? Do you know? Well, the, the plan he has, he has a cousin and her husband. I can't, the names are coming. That's okay, and he's that's going fine. To, yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's going to go to them on Christmas Day, and I think he's going to stay overnight as well. Something I don't think he ever did this before. But one thing about John, I mean, he was living in appalling conditions, appalling, appalling. Could, I never saw anything worse in my life. But even at that time, he never complained. He accepted, he accepted what was happening in his life. And at the moment, now we're speaking about the house, he's so appreciative of what we've done for him. He I really mean, has settled in because there would be a risk that, you know, because of where he was living, that he might find it difficult to readjust. But in fairness, he hasn't. Well, that is for definite. And this, I've been very honest and sincere when I make this comment. I was m- more than worried about John for weeks and weeks and weeks. Every day it was on my mind, will he be all right? Will he settle down all right? Yeah, now, yeah. what will I do if he turns his back and he wants to go home? Yeah. And there's an article on the Echo this morning where I highlighted one thing. Was, that was that um, the, the morning last June, we were having the official uh, with, with the key. And this, this, this wasn't the August event now at all. Yeah. And it was his first time meeting the press. And he came to me and he said I don't want any house and he walked away from me Go away. he walked away from Madden's buildings and he walked away and I told, I'll run after him 
And I said, John, look, this is only for now. All those people will be gone in five minutes. You're going to new, you're going to lose the house. You've a lovely, beautiful life ahead of you. And you're throwing it all away. It took me about 10 minutes to persuade him. He was he nervous. Yeah, he was nervous. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah the crowds, yeah. crowds. He was overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. it, it, that's it now. And, and, but other than that, the neighbours are good. He has uh, friends and he's able to do his own uh, uh, shopping. And I have to pay tribute to one lady in particular. She works for trash, Threshold Housing. Um, she is uh, an, she is a person employed by Treasure, but they, but they have an arrangement with the, with, the, with the city council that people going in to, as a tenant for the first time. This lady, Kara, uh, is her name, Sexton. She went out you know, almost on a weekly basis helping him. You know about the DSB, about the gas, about the heating, about budge- budgeting. It's just a great and wonderful service. Yeah, and that's you know, that was great. But the man himself, yeah. Yeah. he's happy. Um, he, I'd say, he listens to yourself on the radio, he watches television. And I, he, he's never happy. I'm going to go over him now next, tu- next Tuesday night for a drink. We're going to Gallagher's. He was sitting he once. He really said, can enjoy himself all next week. He's dead right. He's dead right. It's his first proper yeah. Christmas in many, 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 many years. First, he's entitled to it. Oh, the first. The, the first, the first Christmas that he's in a house with decorations. It's, it's his first time in a, in a, a proper house. Place, the first, it's the first time in, in, in a bed, on Christmas, a proper bed, Delighted. Christmas night, uh, a Christmas tree, and um, and with neighbours around the place. And look, everything is great, and thanks to Red FM again. Not at all, man. It's, 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 it's been a great paid. story, and it just keeps on giving, and it's giving again up to Christmas time, which is superb. I'm delighted from. Well done, Paddy. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, look after yourself. Thanks, we'll chat again this side of Christmas time. Thank you so yeah, much, Paddy O'Brien. Bye bye. McCartney's wonderful Christmas time at Cork's Red FM. You know that Roy was making the news earlier in the week saying it was only for kids and what have you. I see some very, very funny texts came in on this across the week. Yes, Roy Keane is correct. It is for children. Adults can get so stressed out deciding how much they're going to spend on buying each other presents and trying to guess how much they should spend. It's ridiculous. This is far from the true spirit of Christmas time. Uh, Another one. I agree. Christmas is for the kids. I'll be okay if I don't get anything as long as my kids are happy. It's amazing the amount of people that agreed with Roy. Uh, I think a lot of people are missing what the real meaning of Christmas is about. It has been so commercialised over the years that the actual reason for celebrating Christmas is gone and being missed and forgotten about. Now, most people, Neil, say it's only for children. Well, I was brought up to believe that it was more than that. I'm not over-religious, but I do think, like to think that Christmas is more than just presents for children and grown-ups. We can enjoy that side of it, but let's not forget why we're celebrating Christmas in the first place. Well, I suppose it has changed on Lee's side now because we're encouraged to call it Corkmas, aren't we? I totally agree with Roy. I can't stand when people say, are you all set for Christmas? Sure, it's just like any other Sunday roast, but with a little extra effort. <laughs> I love that. That's an award-winning text. Uh, Christmas is for everyone to enjoy, especially children and grandparents who like to spoil them. I love it anyway. Have a wonderful Christmas to all of you. 
and your staff. I totally agree with Roy. It is for children. I would be totally lost without my sons and grandchildren. They make the Christmas for me. And one or two more. We don't buy any presents for one another. It's very silly and it's wasteful. You get presents that you never want nor need. Also, Christmas cards are another waste of money. I only send them to family far away and a few friends we don't miss all year. The postage has gone way too expensive. (laughs) These texts are crackers. If I didn't have kids, I wouldn't bother. It's too much hype and pressure on people. It's Christmas every day these days. What's the difference between Christmas dinner and a Sunday roast dinner, for God's sake? All that hype and people losing the run of themselves for it, paying over the odds on food, buying for the sake of it and spending hours cooking a dinner for half of it to go in the bin the next day. After the dinner, you'll fall asleep and it's all over in a flash. Ah, come on. There's lots more to it. Um, I will come back to more of those texts and comments after 11 this morning. So do pick up the phone, text 0868104106. Just very quickly, this side of 11, though, every single year, Casey's have a big, big charity event down at Casey's Furniture. A beautiful store. The windows down there are just glorious again this Christmas time. And it's a big campaign that they do with the charity bear for the CUH Children's uh, Wards. And it's happening again this year. And all of the proceeds from people buying the bears goes to the CUH. Quick call from Peter Casey. How's it going, Peter? Going well. Hi, Neil. How are you? Yeah, no, it's going fine. Yeah. Can I just say the windows are absolutely glorious. They're a credit to you. They do really Thank do. You. They really do bring up the Christmas levels on Oliver Plunkett Street by a couple of notches. So well done. Good effort. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, what's it's, what's it's, what what's the what's the deal this year? People are being encouraged to come in and buy a bear. So yeah, look. Every year we sell these bears um, for. Uh, to support the invaluable facilities of uh, the CUH uh, and the University Hospital in Limerick. We're raising funds to contribute to the care of children who rely on the critical health resources and the great work they do there. Um, how's it going so far this year? Big take-up? Yeah, yeah, there is a big take-up, yeah. But I suppose, Neil, every time you sell them, you know, we've been selling them now for three or four years, and every time you sell them, you're, you know, there's only so many so many teddy bears any house <laughs> So it's a case of drumming no. up new business every Christmas time. Ah, yeah. Look, it's a it's a good event, and people really do support it and get behind it. And you know, it's 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 a our way of saying thank you. Lovely bear, though. It's a, this is a bear like in a, in a in the blue and white pajamas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is a nice bear, actually. If you were you know if you're into teddy bears, he is. Yeah, he's nice and cuddly. And all of the proceeds going to the children wards of the COH. What kind of money are we talking about? I see you can buy them online as well. You can buy them online, yeah, www.cases.ie. Okay, how much? Um, I think uh, 10 euros. Wow. And see, Neil, the beauty with this is we pay for the bear. There is no VAT. So every cent of that 10 euros goes to the charity. I know. I think so, that anyone that's in the market, or the, yeah, anyone that's in the market for a bear as a gift or for a child this Christmas, that's the bear to buy, knowing that the proceeds are going to help other kids who are sick, right? Ah, yeah, and it goes entirely, you know. So it's, I think it's great that you know that, that, that when it's a hundred percent, everything. There's nothing. There's no. There's no other cent going anywhere else. That your tenor is going. Casey the bear. Casey the bear. Yeah. Okay, and if people want to buy one, is it online? You're saying or what? It, it's online or in our store in Limerick or in our store in Cork and our staff will be out I suppose outside the door today for a couple of hours and tomorrow for a couple of hours and uh, we'll try and we'll try and um, shift a few okay, okay. And so that we can give a meaningful amount at the at the um, at the end 
Oh, KCs.ie online if you want to buy them online. Just to describe... Neil, I might, if I, I'll send you up a hundred of them and I'll give a thousand euros to the... Um, and you can give them to whoever you want. A hundred bears? You're so good. I'll send, I'll send you a hundred bears and you can do what you want with them. A hundred? A hundred. You can give them to all the staff. I see people collapsing on chairs around me this morning thinking, am I going to shift 100 bears? But why not? I mean, why not? What What did you say about a thousand euro? Are you sending me a gift as well, is it? So, no, I'll... I'll I just think I'll you said, hang on, I'm going into a tunnel. Is that a thousand euro gift voucher for me for Christmas to redeem in Casey's on furniture or something? Uh, no, no, no. You can, <laughs> Neil, you, you, you can, you can, you can, you can uh, give us the thousand euros. We'll take it. We'll be there ready to count it. <laughs> I'll pay for the bears myself and you can give them to whoever you want. All right, bring it on, man. Bring it on. Congratulations on another great year of business and another great charitable exploit with the Charity Bears for the CUH Children Awards. Um, I I will await the delivery of 100 bears then, Peter. That's fine. And you you do it with them, Neil. You... You can time, you can put them on your Christmas tree. You do with them what you want to do with them. All right, we'll get them to good homes. That's for sure. I see. That's Cl- fine, and we'll give the, yeah. we'll give the thousand euros. That'll 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 get us another hundred bears sold. Well done. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a lot of those bears, and I'm going to give them to Katrina Toomey at Cork Penny Dinners. If you're all right with that, do hundred percent. You do what you want. To Absolutely. Them. So that's a good idea straight that's off the bat. Charity, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Well done, Peter. Okay, job done. Two my two I great minds. Take care, pal. See Take it. care. Cheers. Peter Bye. Casey at Casey's with the charity bear. Casey the bear. That's what we'll do with them. I can guarantee you that there are many children and families who use the services of Penny Dinners will love those cuddly bears. Back after 11. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Now... Show, Red FM. I love this. This is the final one relating to Roy Keane's comments earlier in the week, and I'll just leave it at this for now. My as to whether or not um, you know we should be buying Christmas presents for each other, that it should all just be about Santi and children. As my late mother always said, Christmas is for children and men. Women do all the hard work. How many people would agree with that sentiment? That Christmas is for children and for men. It's the women that do all the hard work. There's been an awful lot of hard work going on down in Middleton. I was talking about it earlier on this morning and it was down there last weekend. We had a big dinner down in Sage and it's important to support the local businesses. They are slowly but surely all of them reopening. And I got an email in from the staff down in Raman in Middleton yesterday to say that they recently opened again. They did a full refurbishment because of the flooding. They didn't just reopen, they did a complete refurb. So well done to them all involved and uh, an awful lot of effort was put in and they're back in business at Raman in Middleton. So yet another one that has opened. I've heard nothing from Boyle Sports. We were in touch with them earlier on this morning with regards to Ray's accumulator bet. Uh, If I hear something between now and midday, I'll bring it to where. If not, it could well be Monday before we uh, return to that story. But I want to tell you a little story for the the times that we're in now. Um, Over the years, for a long, long time over the years, we um, on this uh, radio programme and this radio station, other radio stations, would have uh, young people in on work placement over the years. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you'd have have people in on work placement who, you know, really, you know, okay, they might enjoy themselves, but they were never really going to make a career in media or radio and it wasn't of an interest to them but they got a good in, insight into how radio worked so that was always great it doesn't happen so much these days now because the world's a changed place I suppose and work, I don't even know if work placement is, is something that's allowed but years back there was a lad in here um, what was it 96 at the time but there was a lad by the name of Don McCarthy he was a lovely young fella and he was one of the I mean many shone out but I remember him I remember chatting with him, with him. he was with us for about two weeks and I was saying you know something this 
kind of career, if you ever choose to get into it, would be perfect for you because he was a wonderful young man and he was really, really so interested. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure that he did pursue a career in, in media or, or radio at the time or anything to do with that, but I did come across his story again recently, only last week. He's a Cork man who's now living in the UK. He's happily married in Surrey and he has two little children. One's a little girl called Lily Rose. But Lily Rose has a little brother called Rio. Now, Rio's story is online if you choose to follow it. And I found it uh, on a Google search of Rio Cancer Campaign. Rio Cancer Campaign. And I was saddened to hear that uh, Don and his wife, Vicky, are trying to do their best for their little lad. Because life sometimes uh, can be cruel. You, You never know what is coming down the track. And the little man has uh, cancer. He's got high-risk neuroblastoma. So Don, who did work placement on my programme many years ago, is now settled down, happily married, two beautiful children, and is fundraising to to try and raise the money needed to help with regards to his son's treatment. Now, I know it's in Surrey, I know it's in the UK, but I just mention it because he is a Cork lad and he's asking people to support in any way possible, even just to follow their story. And as I say, Rio Cancer Campaign, you will find the full details. He's a lovely little lad um, and his parents are fundraising to try and get enough money together for potentially life-saving treatment that isn't available on the UK NHS, either, either to try and get their son into remission or keep the cancer away until some kind of frontline treatment it kicks in. Like they started to notice um, that he was losing his appetite, appetite, appetite and he was tiring very quickly and he had awful pains in his bones and then ended up, he's only a tiny little fella, walking with a limp and going off his food. And then in August they got the devastating news that the small fella had stage four high-risk neuroblastoma. And he's only two years old. Uh, and I was saddened to hear that and I just wanted to wish him well and wish the family well. Hopefully... Uh, the surgery will remove as much of the tumour as possible. And then he'll have a little two-year-old going through high-dose chemotherapy and stem cell transplants and radiotherapy and everything. So he's going to have six or 12 tough months ahead of him. And I just wanted to wish them well. But they do need people to support them and to help in any way, shape or form. And you will find it. Um, uh, I found it on a web search, Rio Cancer Campaign. It's also uh, www.solvingkidscancer.org.uk. Uh, but I mention it primarily because it's a small little lad who's struggling. But his dad is from Cork and I remember fondly having him in on work placement for a couple of weeks all those years ago. And I was saddened to hear. I hope that things work out for them. Uh, follow the story yourself, Rio Cancer Campaign. And I wish them well, Vicky and Don Little Lily Rose, but most definitely and most importantly, little Rio. Happy, playful, energetic lad that he recovers and that everything ultimately will be okay. Back after the break, text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show, Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Prendeville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. All right, we're off on our travels again on this Friday morning. Uh, the world is a very small place with modern technology. Don't you know it? You can go anywhere. Just a click of a button and you're all the way down to Brisbane, Australia. Paddy! How are you going, Neil? I'm good, my man. Your brother, Frank, got in touch with me and said, uh, get on to me, brother. He left, was it in the early 80s? 84. What were you doing at the time? Were you doing a bit of electrician work with your dad or something, yeah. but there wasn't much work, was it? Yeah, there wasn't much work, and uh, 
you know, and I, I always had these three fees. Why'd you pick Australia? So, when was that? About 81, 82 kind 80, of thing? 84. 84. Uh, yeah. 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 So it, we, I was married at the time and we'd applied for two places, Canada and Australia. Yeah. And we made a decision, whichever one came in first, we'd take. <laughs> and Australia came in the day before Canada. <laughs> so they won. <laughs> they so the won. Canadians lost you to the Australians. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ireland won as well. <laughs> Your brother said they wanted you to go to either Canada or Australia because they, they couldn't shut you up. You just wouldn't stop talking, they said. I, I tell you what, no. Frank is only one of the brothers. The other four brothers talk as much crap as he does. <laughs> How many in the family all told? Eleven. And you know, you were you were born and reared in Spring Lane. Was it a small house? No, I wasn't. That's not true. I was bo- actually born in Killeen's Green in Farnry. He used to Spangle Hill. You want to tell your brother that? He told me it was Spring Lane. <laughs> uh, he does what he's doing half the time. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in Mount Farn and I bought my first house in 89 Spring Lane. All right, now I understand. So your the family yeah. home that reared nearly a dozen of you, was that a small home? Ah, well, it was a, a three-bedroom home with a mother and father and 11 kids. Wow. Would you call that small? I would. <laughs> I certainly would. <laughs> Obviously, we're, we're from the north, so we just do all these things, you know? I know, I know. It's a lot of kids, though. Do you ever think about the oh, hard yeah. work that your mum and dad had to put into rare 11? Oh, yeah, oh, heaps. Oh, heaps, yeah. But, you know, we were young. We didn't care. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I know. But I tell you what, uh, it was a very easy upbringing. Because there was no rubbish went on. Everybody looked after everybody. There were different times for sure. But 80, the 80s in Cork, certainly when you left, 82 to 84, 85, a very glum, depressing time. Huge unemployment, yeah. no work, remember? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. And, you know, I was, I had three kids. And I was not going to let them grow up in that. I know, I know. That environment. So you off know, to Brisbane we, you went and never looked back. Did you stay working I, as an electrician, that kind of line of work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time in the mines and the oil and gas fields, away in the middle of nowhere. Oh, Jeez, my God. Even some, even some of the aborigines wouldn't even know where they were. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you mean like yeah. you were either at sea or underground a lot of the time? Un, un, underground, a lot, and... You know, you're you're away for a month at a time. You know, you're, you're working 16 hour days straight, 28, 30 days straight. My God, hard work. Well paid, but hard work and away from home a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, talking about away oh, from yeah. home, have you got back over the years, though? I mean, mum and dad passed away, I know that, for instance. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only about 10 times. <laughs> That's, not, That's not bad going. I mean, it's not a kind of place you can go home once a year from, sure it's not. I know, not for a weekend anyway. <laughs> I was home. I was home eight years ago for Christmas time for my 60th birthday. Actually, 16 days. It never got a past seven degrees and it rained all day long. <laughs> That's cork, yeah. And and it, it, it's 20 past nine here on no at night time, and it's 26 degrees, and I might just turn the heating off shortly. <laughs> It's 12 degrees here, so it's it's rather mild for this time of the year. But but tell me, tell me, are you retired now? I'm retired now, yeah. I retired last year. Okay, and are you enjoying retirement? Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. I, no more stressing, no more getting up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning to go to work. 
I just get up now when I feel like it. I'm five I'm five minutes from the beach and I stroll off down there and do my own thing. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Yeah. How do you miss are you missing anything from home? Nah. You're, you're, <laughs> suppo- you're supposed to say potato cheese and onion crisps, it. Barry's tea yeah, and yeah, Cadbury's I chocolate. I, I know, yeah, but we we get we get them here in the local shop. <laughs> we, we 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 get all them here. You know, we've, we 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 even get Guinness except the shares fourteen dollars a pint. <laughs> what does it taste like, though? Uh, horrible. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't I don't drink it. Well, if you don't want um, if if you don't want for anything, will I will I will I have will I sell Frank? Will I send Frank a hamper instead? I should send him that to you. What? Send him that. Send him that. He's selling it to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to. I just wanted to wish you a happy Christmas. Will it be turkey and ham Christmas Day or what? Oh no 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 no. We're up market here because it's about forty degrees. So we have prawns and crabs and seafood. We're on. We're on the beach. And for God's sake, you're a north sider boy. You should be having turkey and ham and spiced beef. I, I tell you what, you come out here now, you try that in 40 degree heat. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> and, you, and you tell me, you tell me how much you enjoy it. <laughs> I'd probably enjoy the eating of it, but not the cooking of it, not in the heat like that. I, know. I did all that when I came out first, but you know, I've, I've been here, sure, I've been here no longer than I've been in Cork. Right? And uh, you have absolutely no Australian accent, and you finish every know, sentence yeah. with the Cork like. How, how come? Because if you meet the Australian females, right, all their great grannies were from County Cork, and they love the Cork accent. All right, okay. So to charm they the ladies, never, you kept yeah, the Cork accent. Oh yes, yeah. They wouldn't have a clue what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I know exactly what you're saying, pal. Anyway, listen. Enjoy the Christmas time, and greetings to you. And I suppose you're giving a shout out to everybody back on Lee side, right? Yeah, except any Liverpool supporter because I hate them. <laughs> well, then you you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Go United. <laughs> oh, really? At the moment? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, 3 1 on Sunday. <laughs> Big game Back on Sunday. Words. Big game on Sunday. Happy Christmas to you. Mind yourself. Yeah, take care, Neil. All the best. Take Thank care. A merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Kira Evans every year gets out and about with the staff at various eccentric shops down in the city to judge a big Christmas jumper competition. It's an awful lot of fun. And I think she has just completed it down on uh, Patrick Street. Morning, Kira. Morning, Neil. How are you? Sounds like as if there's a good buzz there. What is it, like three different centre shops play there. off against each other? What's it all about? <laughs> So what were you tasked with? You were tasked with picking the best jumper, was it? Well, this is the best centre festive store between Patrick Street, Oliver Plunkett Street and Grand Parade. This is my third year coming into the city centre. It's part of the Cork Simon Christmas Jumper fundraiser. So all the stores have got their buckets, they're collecting, and all of the staff go, like, all out. Like, every year the bar is raised and raised out. This year I arrived to Patrick Street, right? Got met by the North Star, the wise men, 
a donkey <laughs> got brought around the store and there to greet me were Mary, Joseph and the baby Jesus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So this is like best of spirit extreme. Uh, then it was on down to Grand Parade where they had the face paints, the Santa suits, Christmas suits. Uh, they were just full of Christmas cheer. They were all out. There were elves serving behind the tills. Uh, there were joyous singing going on behind the deli counter. Uh, and then we went to our final store, which was on Oliver Plunkett Street, uh, another previous winner. They had the Grinch. They had an accordion player. If you're coming into town today, lads, you're in for a treat in any of the central stores because they've gone all out for the Cork Simon Christmas Jumper Day. And I'm just back to Patrick Street, who are this year's winners. All right. <laughs> Fair play to them. So... Oh, where's the tie-in with Simon then? How will that work? So they are collecting in all of the stores. They've got their buckets. Uh, they're out on the streets. They've got jellies and cookies and mince pies. And they're just asking people to donate because lots of businesses and schools are taking part in this uh, today. Uh, people are wearing their Christmas jumpers in and you've been asked to donate to help uh, such a very deserving court charity. Job well done. Fair play. Sounds like a lot of fun this morning in the city. Oh, well done oh, to all right. three, but a particular well done to the Patrick Street branch, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well done, Patrick Street, the 2023 winners. I love it. Kira Revens live from Centra. It's an annual event and it's a lot of fun. Well done to all of the staff helping Simon. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, the Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, we've been played out live again this morning. Danny O'Leary will be in studio with Colin Bozang. They're going to do a couple of numbers for us as usual on a Friday to play us out. Now, hopeful, hopeful that one of them will be a Christmas number. Do you know earlier on this morning, we were talking with Ray Savage about his 1,400 euro bet with Boyle Sports in Middleton. I'm happy to say that Boyle Sports have responded to us um, on the basis that they're asking for some time, a little bit of time to look into this and they'll be back to us in due course. So we leave it at that for now. Uh, they weren't paying out and we're saying that the uh, issue really should be taken up by Angarda Chacon. I don't have time to revisit the story from earlier on this morning, but at least we got a response from Boyle Sports. Maybe optimistic that we can drive this on and get some daylight into it, uh, hopefully uh, over the weekend and report back on it on Monday morning. So all things going well. But I want to get back to our phone lines and get some more calls on air because um, it's just wonderful to hear people's life stories overseas told to us originally by loved ones here at home for people who won't be home for Christmas time. So with that in mind, without me hogging the limelight, I just want to talk with Trish uh, about her sister Mary. Trish, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks so much for getting in touch regarding your sister Mary. Tell us a little about life. You, Where, where did all you, where did you guys grow up originally? Uh, originally we grew up in Passage West. Okay, and were uh, there many of you in the uh, family? There, there was three all together. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, myself, Mary, my brother, and uh, my mom and dad. Okay. And is is Mary the only overseas family member? Like, I know she's in she America. Is. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She is. She's been gone now for over thirty years. I How think. old would she have been? Yeah. Would she have been in her twenties when she? Uh, oh yeah, she was in her early twenties when she left. Originally, she and she started in Italy. Um, she was a nanny. And the couple, she was minding their child for, uh, he was American and she was Italian. And they'd spent six months initially and six months in St. Louis in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And Mary would go back and forth with them. 
and she met her first husband in St. Louis and was there married for 20 odd years to him and he passed away and she came home for a while and uh, well they were divorced and he passed away shortly afterwards yeah yeah that's but, fine yeah, yeah. Um, he went she went she came home tried to make it work here for a year and couldn't make it work here and she couldn't settle here either I don't I think and uh, she went back on her own accord yeah. of her own accord yeah. back so to, uh, this, where, where's home now Florida. Nebraska I think isn't it Nebraska's now yeah. where she and do you is, send yeah. out little yeah. bits and pieces to her I hear you send you were sending for many years boxes of goodies and the holly bow and things oh, like yeah. that Yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah. but like last week now we were going to send um, well, well we have sent them now since but we couldn't believe the price of the postage like mum was after picking her up these these licking things in pennies or something and like the amount the amount now it costs in pennies is only 18 euro and when we went away to package it was coming up at 121 oh, euro oh god you're joking me I'm not I'm not joking isn't that insane it. we were shocked isn't that we insane shocked. well I, what do you think she might be missing from home uh, definitely the Capri's anyway <laughs> the Barry's tea um, well I'll tell, I you what I, I'll tell you what I do will I, will I ask her herself sorry will I ask Mary herself what she may be missing from home oh my god do you have Mary on the line I do Mary good morning <laughs> oh my god good. <laughs> hi sis good morning Patricia Francis how are you <laughs> how's Mary Kathleen <laughs> doing okay <laughs> <laughs> How are you, girl? How are they all in Nebraska? Oh, they're doing pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Snow? Good morning. Oh, I'm sorry? Have you snow? No, we don't. We had snow about two weeks ago. So we've had two snowfalls so far, but they've been pretty, pretty small ones, like two inches maybe. Happy Christmas to you. 30 years gone, huh? Long time. Yes, indeed. Indeed, it is a long time. Uh, you have an amazing yeah. story, though, to tell. Because I know that, um, you know, just chatting there with Trish, you did mention a couple of ba- aspects of your life. Uh, and I know you've been mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, a, few, a, lot, a lot of difficult times of late with your own he- health and things like that. But yeah. y- were, you back, were you back in St. Louis, Missouri at one stage? Married, was it? Um, I moved to St. Louis, Missouri with the family that I worked for in Italy. And I settled there. I married and I settled there. And I was there for almost 20 years. I worked um, for Washington University there. And uh, I went home in, uh, let's see, when was it? It was Christmas of 2011. I went home because my dad had just been diagnosed with lung cancer. And I wanted to be there for when he started chemo and stuff like that. And so I did. I went home for the month of Christmas and um, or the month of December. And when I came back to the States, uh, when I got back to St. Louis, things weren't things weren't great with my ex-husband. And uh, I found out that he was a heroin addict. You found when you met him back, he was acting strangely or wasn't his usual yeah. self or something. And Right. Yeah. Right. And found him collapsed at one stage, was it? Yeah. I came home from work one day and found him unconscious on the floor. And I called uh, the paramedics and we got him into the hospital. And four days later, I got a phone call from a doctor telling me that he had just admitted he had overdosed on heroin. And you had no idea of his heroin problem, no? Hadn't a clue. Hadn't a clue. Wow. Hadn't a clue. 
And How did you deal uh, with that then? I mean, did you try and work with them or, or what? I did in the beginning and the response I kept getting was when I get out of here, I'm going right back to it because it makes you feel so good. Oh, that's so, that's, so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I gave him an ultimatum. Then I said, it's the heroin or it's me. And he chose heroin. So I Isn't left. Isn't that amazing? So I wonder what, yeah. and, and did he ultimately pass away then? He did about two years after the divorce. Yeah, I'll have heroin over. But uh, your life went on, of course. It's very sad to hear about that, the misfortunate man and his addiction. But you married, you went on and married Mark then, and you've been, what, married since, I what, 17? We got married in 2017. I met Mark in 2013, and he is the light of my life. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love it. I he love is it. amazing. And I not only did I get Mark, but I got his son, Mike, and his wife, Kelly, and I've got my daughter, Haley. And her husband, Aaron, and two wonderful granddaughters, Cora and Carter. Lovely. I was talking to a chap chap before... I inherited a whole family. You did. I was talking to a chap before you, and he's down in um, Australia 30 years, and he never lost his Cork accent. Sounds to me as if you lost your Cork accent on the plane to America. I think I may have. Yeah, I think I've I've been away a little too long. Anyways, we, it's nice we, to hear, hear her. We hear her normally before we see her. <laughs> Is it nice to hear her voice, though, all those mi- thousands of miles away? Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. 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 And thank God for WhatsApp and the video calls and that. Makes the world a much smaller place, doesn't it? It that does. It does. That it really it does. does. You'll yeah. all be thinking about each other this Christmas time, I'd imagine, yeah? Oh, all God, without a shadow of a doubt. All of the time. Yeah. Will you have similar Christmases, I'm wondering, the two of you? Like, for instance, in America, will it be similar to a Cork Christmas on Christmas Day, I wonder? Yeah. As in yeah. dinner and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just wondering, say, for instance, what uh, what Mary will have Christmas Day. Will it be the turkey and the ham or what will you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Turkey and ham and it'll be sweet potato casserole and green bean casserole and some stuffing and cranberry sauce and yeah, yeah. I know. Do you make do you make an Irish trifle? Is it? If I have it on hand, I will. Yeah, but typically we don't have trifle, and we don't have Christmas pudding or Christmas cake either. Is that only sheer laziness on your behalf? That's all. No, no, it's it's kind of hard to get the ingredients for it over here. One one year, my mom. She was coming over on vacation and she brought a Christmas pudding with her and they searched her suitcase in, um, in wherever and she, you know, my mom got nervous with security and everything and they're like, well, what's in it? What's in it? You know, she's trying to tell them all the ingredients and stuff. So they let her go. You know, so we did end up with our Christmas pudding. But then another year, I got to tell you real quick, another year she came over. This was probably about it was after my first year in Nebraska, so it was probably around 2019 or so. And she had a a tin of um, bird's custard powder, and it burst in her suitcase. So she had all white powder all over her suitcase and her clothes. And she got a real going over in security with that one. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to send you any custard, but I'm going to send you custard creams. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Along with I chocolate Kimberleys and purple snacks and dairy milk and Barry's tea. Can you get your hands on Tato cheese and onion there? 
You know what? Every now and again, there's a British uh, there's a British store in Lincoln that I can find potatoes at, but they're usually stale by the time I get to them. Well, they would be if they were in a British store. They'd have been fresh if it was an Irish right? store. But well, I- yeah, we've got no <laughs> Irish stores up here. So I'm, um, I'm going to send you a big hamper full of goodies for you to enjoy with oh. all your family and all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that is so awesome. Oh my oh, goodness. Thank you so much. Neil. You're welcome. You're welcome, thank Mary. No yes, problem at all. And to you, Trish, for sending the email in the please. first place. Happy Christmas well, to she both of you. A smile on her face. And why she not? And why not? Yeah. And why not? Yeah. yeah. Have does. a great Christmas, They're guys. Not- <laughs> hey, Neil, do you, mind you if, do you mind if my mom says a quick hello to you and to Mary? Never mind about me. She can say hello to her daughter if she wants. Put her on there and say hello you to Mary. Come on. <laughs> Well, you, I know you're talking on the Yeah, you see, you can't be next to the radio, Mum. What's her name? What's your mum's name? Alwyn. Alwyn. Alwyn, if you can hear me, do you want to say a quick hi to Mary? Yeah, hello. That's Neil, is it? Yes, that's me all day long. <laughs> I'm very happy to talk to you. How I'm are you? I'm talk to you as well. I have your daughter Mary here on the phone from Nebraska. Yes, yes, Mary Kathleen, my first child. <laughs> Is she your favourite child then, she is? Oh, well, listen, I can't say that. No, they're all, they, they are all equal to me. Uh, my son, Stephen, and Patricia, my youngest daughter, she's, she's a star. She's, well said, she's a girl. Daughter. You dodged they, a bullet they, they there, fair play to you. Well done, well yeah, done. They all are. Well, yeah. Mary's missing yeah. you in America, aren't you, Mary? I am. Oh, she is. Yeah. I know she is, I know she is. But you know what? Yeah. I'll do my level best to get over there to her. And to Mark and all their family. Yes, indeed. And um, yeah. it's just wonderful like to know that I can talk to her through the radio here in Cork. You can. You can. <laughs> oh my God, I am over. I'm overjoyed. You sound like you sound to me like as if you're her sister, not her mother. Well, I've been, you know what? I've been taken for her sister many times. Well, I don't know what your yeah. secret is, girl, but well done. Anyway, listen, before I let you go, Mary, a quick hi and a big love to your ma'am. Bye, Mama. I love you. I can't wait to and, see you. Yeah, and I love you too, Mary, Kathleen, and you take care of yourself, my <laughs> love, and and our prayers are with you all the time. Thank you, Mama. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll be giving Dad a visit to the grave over Christmas, and we'll put, we, we were hoping that maybe you might be able to send us one of those small little American flags that we can put on his I'll grave again. Because the one, the one that we've had on a few years has gone really very bad and we can't even see the flag <laughs> colours. <laughs> what your mam tells you now, Mary, get that sorted. Oh, I will. <laughs> Happy she Christmas to you all, guys. I wish I had more time. Merry lovely Christmas. chatting, lovely family. Trish and yeah. Mary and Alwyn, mind yourselves. Happy Christmas, all. Okay, thank you very much, Niall. Bye. Bye. Back after the break, guys. Court's number one talk show. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Your partner's unique, romantic, exceptional. So for Christmas, get your special someone a voucher for a relaxing spa break at Monarch. It's also unique, romantic, exceptional. And because Monarch has been voted one of the very best spas in the world, you can relax too. Visit monarch.ie. Something special for your someone special. 
Are you ready? This Christmas, Carry Out Off Licence has lowest price guaranteed on Bulmers, Budweiser, Carling, Miller, Guinness, Rockshaw, Molson, Madry, Cobra, Carlsberg, and so much more. Visit us in-store or online at carryout.ie to shop our festive offers. Get them what they really want this Christmas at Carry Out. Customer quotas apply. Drink alcohol responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Blackpool gift cards, they're the best. Lots for all the family. Blackpool gift cards, they're the best. Toys and gifts from Sandy. Use your card in all the shops. There's more than 50. Shop till you drop, there's so much choice. Shopping made easy. Come on, Dad, let's ask for a Blackpool. We'll see you there. Get your gift card at Blackpool Shopping Centre and Retail Park. Pure shopping, pure Christmas, pure Blackpool. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. The best of Cork live music on studios on a Friday. Um, and today to play us out, Danny O'Leary and Colin Bozang. So my most important job of Friday is to count these guys in. One, the two, a one, two, three, four. Thinking on the city that I love again The cobbled streets and big blue skies The traffic goes so slowly there at morning time The Georgian buildings on South Mile The River Lee goes flowing down the banks The only place I feel at home The only place that anybody's cared for me The city I love Why did I depart? The music and people so close to my heart I hope that in time I'll go back there again To Cork on a foggy morning To Cork on a foggy morning Behind the gorgeous view of Union Key and my lovely Kira too. I didn't want to leave them, but I had no choice. I had no other work to do. Those memories I cannot replace. The night I dream of going home one day. Hoping that it's not too late to win our heart. I know this city will wait. The city I love, why did I depart? The music and people are so close to my heart. I hope that in time I'll go back there again. Return to where I long to be Cause the city keeps on haunting me 
people listening overseas right yeah with every expat all over the world in floods of tears now <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah there's there's one for person i know in particular mark kidney who's tuning in in finland and oh my god really? i made him cry one night in a bar with that song so uh, yeah, did you ever travel overseas to be able to write that or just just no, from the heart I, I actually wrote it inside in the school of music <laughs> in songwriting class uh, looking out at the view of cork with the fog setting down outside <laughs> Love so, it. Uh, that's where it came that's from. That's a great guitar riff going right through that too. Yeah. And the cajon. Is that what it's called? Cajon. Yeah, yeah. Massive, powerful piece of percussion, isn't it? Yeah, massive. It's great for a substitute. Where are you guys playing? I know you're playing JJ Walsh's tonight. That's right. Big that's band right. I hear, is it? Yeah, yeah. There's three of us in the band for the pub gigs and then if we're doing weddings and stuff, we can bring in a fourth or a fifth member as well. Like so. tonight now JJ Walsh is going to be mental, isn't oh, it? Christmas, parties and everything. You're There's playing to the converted like. You really are. It's They're the best month for gigs this December. Like So what else are you doing this side of Christmas? Aunties and Tower, I think? That's right. I'm there on Sunday on my own solo and I'm in Casey's in Clannacilty solo Monday and every Monday with the last five or six years. And uh, Tuesday night we're back in JJ's. Friday the 22nd we're in Clancy's. The 23rd I'm in Castletown Bear in Toomey's solo. And then the 26th I'm in Pat Barry's in Dunamore. The 27th the Keys Bar and for my boat solo. The 29th we're back in Clancy's as the band. And the 30th wearing or the 30th wearing JJ Walsh. Are you a cute West Cork man? You get as many gigs in as yeah, you can. That's basically the line up. All right. Is there anything that we get maybe an edited version of something? I mean, it's not my favourite Christmas song in the world, Shake yeah. and Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. That's all right. right. Is that okay? That's no bother. So you want to hear an edited version of it? Yeah, sure. Like maybe 30 seconds? No problem. <laughs> I'm only winding you up. I'm only winding you up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hold on there about 15, 20 seconds. Although, knowing this guy, I won't get him off the air until half past 12. Joe from Joe's Hair Salad. Joe, good morning. Neil, I thought it was a good talk from Mother of God. <laughs> He's just, that's the West Cork in him. Women... Women with head, wet heads all over glasses waiting for me. How did the fundraiser go? Absolutely need amazing. It was the best ever. And we had hot food all day in Flannery's. They were amazing. The lads in Flannery's were just wonderful. Every Everybody year, got without hot, fail. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids went home with bags of stuff, Neil, and the mothers went home with bags of stuff. It was an amazing You day. were very Everybody happy was, then. You were very... I know that you did a lot of haircuts for the kids from Edel House and other charitable services. They had loads and loads of presents to take yeah. home. Loads of Dunn's vouchers, Penny's vouchers. There was choirs yeah. there and everything, wasn't there? Choir, choir, yeah, and there was Santi, and I was says hot food, and I was telling the kids go up there for Santi, out the other door, and the fourteen bus into town, please. <laughs> the kids were bloody driving me crazy by eleven o'clock. Need I was ready to have a nervous breakdown. Says you, thank God I only but, do this once a year. <laughs> as always, Neil, though it's a great success, and I know the support was brilliant. While you were skiing away in New York, skiing me, arse. I have a broken arm, man. It's far from skiing. I am. <laughs> I'm going off to Finland after the Northern Lights in, into the middle of the woods with the wolves and the bears. Yeah, just keep, yeah, just keep walking. <laughs> 
Neil, but thank you, thank you all very much, and thanks for all the listeners. No problem, pal. No problem. If I don't, don't talk to you this side of Christmas, have a good one, you and the long-suffering Darren. All right. <laughs> Absolutely, Neil. Thank you, you too, and all the listeners. Happy Bye, Christmas, pal. Happy Christmas. That's one charitable guy. He oozes kindness and generosity. Joe from Joe's Salon in Tears High Salon in um, Glasheen. Right, uh, play us out uh, to get us done for the week and round off the week and bring in the weekend. Danny O'Leary and Colin Bozang and something. Christmassy and short. Yeah. <laughs> Snow is falling all around me. Oh, children playing, having fun. It's the season of love and understanding. Merry Christmas. Everyone, we're gonna have a party tonight. I'm gonna find that girl underneath the mistletoe and kiss by candlelight. Snow's falling all around me. Oh, children playing, having fun. It's the season of love and understanding. Oh, Merry Christmas. Everyone, oh Merry Christmas, everyone. I'll be shot now for saying an edited version because no, that's better tough. than shaking Stephen's version.